0: What up, fight fans? This episode of the Boxing Rant Podcast is brought to you by Canelo Alvarez versus Sergey Kovalev. On November 2nd, the MGM Grand Garden Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada will host the biggest boxing event of the year as Canelo Alvarez moves up two divisions to challenge Sergey the Crusher Kovalev for the WBO Light Heavyweight Championship of the World and attempt to become only the fourth Mexican to win a world title in four divisions. Golden Boy Promotions' best fights, including Canelo versus Kovalev, are now more accessible and affordable for fans without the price tag of traditional pay-per-view. Don't miss out on Canelo versus Kovalev. The fight will be streamed live exclusively via global sports streaming giant DAZN. Boxing fans can get Zone on their preferred device, including their TVs, phones, and PCs, for $19.99 a month after a one-month free trial. You can find the link to DAZN in the episode show notes, so don't miss out. November 2nd. It's Canelo Alvarez versus Sergey Kovalev for the WBO Light Heavyweight Championship of the World.
1: Every barber shop, every restaurant, every cab driver, every lumpen proletariat to the elitist, presidents, kings, dictators are all interested in this fight, and that's what makes it great. Upset it all. Alone. I can't what it is what it is what it is what it is
0: what up what up fight fans welcome back to episode 245 of the boxing rant podcast I'm Kenny Keith and I'm joined as always by Vince Cummings what up Vin?
1: what's going on brother Uh, just as boxing is getting just better and better it seems every weekend you can always count on the WBC to come in and give you something to complain about thanks Thanks, (laughs) Thanks, Suleman. <laughs> oh, man. I actually cannot wait to get to that
0: um, because I am just as confused as Mauricio Suleman is <laughs> about the entire situation. Um, uh, then we got two days until we are wheels up and on our way to Las Vegas, my friend.
1: Yeah, uh, I feel like it's creeping up way too fucking fast. I am completely unprepared, but let's fucking go.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and as soon as the show's over, I'll unplug everything and put it in my uh, my travel bag, and uh, we'll be
1: ready. We're gonna have quite a fucking haul there. We're bringing with us, man. That's, uh, I'm, I'm getting a little nervous about that.
0: Yeah, well, we're bringing the whole studio, so um, you know, uh, the boxing rant uh, spares no expense, man. Um, we're bringing, uh, all the roadies, the groupies, um, <laughs> the stage crew, the lighting crew, the sound crew and the makeup crew. Cause we know we got to polish that shiny dome of yours.
1: <laughs> God damn right. We do. We got, we also, we got to make it look like, you know, we're doing it from our basement cause it is, we're kind of like Wayne's world, man. If it doesn't look <laughs> like it's supposed to look, shit's going to be all fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so perfect.
0: I even got you the, uh, the same Reebok headband that Garth wears. Oh, fucking sweet. Little. Yellow. Different. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's right. Uh, the Boxing Rant Podcast will be broadcasting from the MGM Grand in Las Vegas, Nevada on Radio Row. Um, for the event, we will be landing in Vegas on Wednesday. We will be on Radio Row all day Thursday and Friday leading up to the fight. We'll be at the weigh-in. We'll be at the fight. We'll be ringside, baby, and uh, we'll be bringing you all of the action from canelo alvarez versus sergey kovalev um which kicks off next Well, i guess this saturday now um it's less than a week away yep as uh canelo alvarez goes for uh sergey kovalev's wbo light heavyweight championship of the world and um dude it's gonna be an awesome
1: trip man i'm looking forward to it yeah i can't fucking wait man
0: all right well let's get down to this uh fight preview because this is just Oh, fight preview. I got fight preview written here on the rundown, man. I'm all fucking jacked up, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm over here trying to pack my bags, clean my underwear, trying to do a podcast before we leave. It's strictly a post-fight episode. Um, We are going to be doing the fight preview of Canelo versus Kovalev from the MGM Grand in Las Vegas. So we're just doing the post-fight from the WBSS, Regis Progray, and Josh Taylor in the final. Chisora versus Price, Ricky Burns versus Lee Selby. Um, in action as well on the card and ESPN plus card Shakur Stevenson versus Joette Gonzalez and Erickson Lubin back in action and then we will bring you the preview later this week so it will be a two episode week plus tons of other content interviews um, with some of uh, boxing's legends of old Um, some of the biggest promoters in the fight game today we'll have lots of special guests on the show so just this post fight edition episode 245 we appreciate all of you tuning in you can find us all over the place now. The podcast is literally on every platform that you can imagine. The Boxing Rant Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Castbox, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, Spreaker, YouTube. We are everywhere, my friends. Um, so, so please subscribe on any of those platforms, and of course, drop by boxingpod.com our website is boxingpod.com follow us on twitter at vincecummings81 and at kenny keith jr all right dispense with the pleasantries here we go episode 245 and it's the post fight from london england on the zone um last night it was regis progray versus josh taylor in the wba and ibf junior welterweight unification and the championship the muhammad ali trophy of the World Boxing Super Series at 140 pounds. Um, I'll tell you what, man, we have just been, we said it last week, we said it the week before, we said it the week before that, but boxing has been on one of the best runs. Um, you know, overall, the year was spotty, the first 75% of the year, but this last quarter, as it typically is, uh, the fall quarter, man, has delivered better um, and, and, and great fights in more consecutive weeks than then i can remember in the last decade vin as regis progre and josh taylor just went out there and laid it on the line
1: yeah that's a, that's a month straight of good ones buddy i mean you, you can't complain about anything as a boxing fan and again another big fight unification fight wbss uh, trophy on the line and, and undefeated guys that that completely delivered on every level i mean such a such a competitive high skill level throughout that whole fight and you had some nice swings you had Progray get started kind of nice early. Uh you know, you had some close rounds early. Progray looked to be like maybe he was going to going to take control and then from the 5th round through the 10th round, Josh Taylor absolutely bossed that fight, man. I mean, he won 5 of 6 rounds. He really he did it and 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 it, none of those rounds were really close except for the 8th that Progre was able to pull out and and after the 10th round it looked like man i had it 7-3 on my scorecard and i'm saying damn josh taylor just he just took fucking control and this is going to be a like a major statement making win he's going to he's going to win this running away and pro gray being the beast that he is turns it on in 11 and 12 wins those last two rounds you know you had some swing rounds early you knew when it was going to the cards look, Taylor was probably going to get it. It was it was in London, so not really his his home country. It wasn't Scotland, but close enough to it. And uh, he got the decision. Now, albeit one of the cards was a draw, and the card that he got one fifteen, one thirteen, I believe that yeah, definitely one of the judges scored the twelfth round for Taylor. And to me, that's like shoot, that that you fucked that all up, and we lost. You know what should have been. A majority draw, but that aside, I think the right fighter won. I think Taylor showed he was the better fighter throughout the fight. I think he took it to Progre better than we've seen anybody do it. And you know, you kind of thought Progre would be the guy that would be able to get on the inside and dominate the fight, but that's where Josh Taylor dominated. Was on the inside, and he showed that he's got serious levels to his game. He is. He proved to me, anyways, that he's the best. 140 pound fighter in the world that's not slight on jose ramirez he's right there but i think josh taylor proved he's got he's got levels to his game and he is a seriously special fighter
0: yeah he is uh definitely um got the all-around package to um to be considered one of the very best fighters in the world i mean we've seen two guys here um you know i mean look because these fights have all been so close, you've had, you know, from 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 Spence versus Porter, Sean Porter raising his stock, right? Uh, Sergei Derevyanchenko versus Gennady Golovkin, Derevyanchenko raises his stock, right? It's just one fight after the other where both guys acquit themselves so much. The guy that is, you know, I guess considered, you know, th- I guess this fight more than any of them um, was, was considered to be 50-50 coming into it. And, you know, Josh Taylor, to me, you know, really showed along with, you know, last week's fight in Artur Beterbiev, two guys that literally just went from in a 50-50 fight to, well, now are these guys pound for pound? Because these guys just showed something to the world, took advantage of the platform. Um, and I think that both proved, I think Josh Taylor, a lot of people um, had more of an idea of how well-rounded he was. But even in this fight, I mean, Taylor showed, like you said, with his infighting, man, I made a comment, you know, a little bit, you know, past halfway through the fight that Josh Taylor was just taking it to Progre on the inside. I mean, his ability to be so close to a fighter and be able to shorten up his hooks on the inside and hit accurately, very rarely are you able to see somebody throw hooks from that close and, and not land them on the back of the head. I mean, he was coming across the chin on Progre with those shots, and I think that you know Doug Fisher from Ring Magazine said it best. We have seen Progre at his best when he's the aggressor, right? And what Josh Taylor did in this fight, which to me was really the biggest difference, uh, you know, for this entire, um, you know, how you know, however you are scoring this fight, to me, it was that he took Progre out of his comfort zone and and didn't allow him to be the aggressor because when it when you talk about effective aggression in this fight, Taylor controlled the fight. He was walking Progre back, and, you know, it doesn't help that, that Progre is a flat-footed fighter. We saw him have to box, and I think he did a great job because he's a great boxer, and I think that you just saw him have to resort to something that I didn't think a lot of people thought that he was going to have to fight that way. So in losing... Progray showed that he has other dimensions as well. Um, you know, n- there's no losers in this fight. But I scored at one sixteen to one twelve, and and you know, look, there were uh, you know some close rounds, but uh, even in the close rounds, I just thought that Josh Taylor imposed himself a little bit more. Um, the way that Progray acquitted himself and closed the fight, and then, dude, the way that Progray you know, just stood up at the end of the fight and was just total class, man. Um, not that I didn't already have a ton of respect for this guy, man, but geez, dude, I mean, look, top notch, both these guys. Um, I would love to see these two Jose Ramirez throwing a couple more fighters. Just, just ring around the Rosie. You know what I mean? Just keep on running it back, man. Um, you know, you said it about no disrespect to Jose Ramirez. Come on, let's do it. Josh Taylor coming to America, you know, bring, bring Chad Hogan's fat ass with you. All right. (laughs)
1: I think look, I think, you know, after last night, I, you uh, that conversation came up on Twitter about the Ramirez Taylor fight and where it should take place. You know, Las Vegas, New York city, Fresno, London. To me, it makes the most sense for it to be in the UK. You know, I, I, to me, the gate there is bigger. Uh, it could be, it would most likely be pay-per-view there no, it may not sell a ton, because Josh Taylor isn't a superstar by any means, but I think his star grew for sure after last night. So yeah, I mean I I'd love to see the fight in New York City. I just don't know if it sells that well here. Because I don't know how big of a ticket seller Ramirez is outside of Fresno, where, you know, he he sells twelve to fifteen, fourteen thousand tickets when he fights there. But they're they're on the lower end. Like he's not selling like ringside seats are like two hundred and fifty bucks. And you can get in the building for like 30 bucks. So, you know, there's there's differences there, but I don't really give a shit about any of that. I really just want to see the fight. And I hope for my sake that it's in New York City because my ass will be there. But yeah, look, man, last night you got, here's, you know, after all this stretch of a month long uh, of of just great matchups and great fights delivering, each fight delivering in its own way, in every fight the loser has come out almost as much of a winner as the winner and all of them. And I hope that goes to show like boxers and the business of boxing that taking a loss in these big time fights, it's not necessarily hurt your career at all. I mean, I don't think any of these guys Regis pro is going to come back to America, sign a big deal with top rank or with the PBC. And he's going to make a ton of money and he's going to be in great fights. And his career is not by any means, did, did it take a hit? It, it just, it, it doesn't at all in my eyes. And none of these guys, Sean Porter is looked at, looked upon greater than he has ever been in his career since that Spence fight. So, you know, uh, Derevianchenko, same thing. Now he's gained a ton more respect and, and is being recognized as a good fighter and as, who's who's flown under the radar for a few years. So I hope, you know, that goes to show these, that these fighters and these promotional companies that look, make these fights, man. It doesn't hurt these guys at all. You know, that, that was a, a hell of a performance from pro gray after that 10th round. I thought his will was kind of broken, man. I thought Taylor had broken him down. And I said, he's going to, he's going to roll to an eight, four, nine, three win. And, you know, Josh Taylor's going to come out of this and you're, you're going to have a hard time not putting him on a top 10 pound for pound list after that performance, but pro Gray dug deep, dude, he dug real deep in that 11th and 12th. Um, I, I, just a great fight all around. And as a boxing fan, I, you know, I cannot, I, I don't, I like, I can never fucking remember a stretch of a month long of, of main events. I mean, there may have been a stretch where we had a month of, of really good matchups, but they never all delivered. Every single one of them delivered. This one was right on par with the rest of them. Uh, just a just a great great night of boxing, man.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, really was. Um, Regis Progray and Josh Taylor. Josh Taylor is now the unified, um, junior welterweight champion of the world and uh, lifts the Muhammad Ali trophy and puts some money in the bank. Um, let's get to the co-feature: Derek Chisora versus David Price. Um, I'll be honest with you, Vin. This fight the way that it ended, I mean, just this phantom, it wasn't a phantom punch. It obviously landed. It just, it's not typically how somebody gets knocked out. You're like, hold on. I didn't really see that punch. Anybody see that punch? (laughs) Just like David Price is backs to the ropes and Derek Chisora just like sneaks in a uppercut. They're basically chest to chest. It's like, how is it humanly possible to put enough leverage on a punch to knock somebody out from that close? I mean, they, they could have like, you know i mean dude they were like touching weenies you know what i mean it's right. like i, I just I, I don't know and then after the fight it's like they're they got their arms around each other and turns out they're like close friends and it's like all right this was clearly you know some 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 hush money some shut the fuck up Derek chisora money take your take your vaseline and go home and wank money um because this was pretty clear like first sign of distress let's end this thing because we don't want to hurt each other i mean it just That's how it came off, dude. It was weak.
1: Right. I didn't even watch it. And, uh, you know, I don't, I wasn't really on my radar because going into this fight, you kind of have to figure like, okay, let's like, let's look at at how the cards fell here with the Chizora Parker fight falling apart because of a spider bite or some ridiculous nonsense. No, what happened here was Chizora bitched. And he made that whole fucking the the whole bit with the Vaseline and all that shit, and wanting to be the main event. And why am I selling tickets for these hundred and forty pound fighters? So Eddie had to appease him. He took Eddie in the back room, shook him down, and Eddie had to open the wallet. So he paid Jezora. Jezora said, "Bring in my boy. You know, there's no threat of me losing to him. As soon as he gets in trouble, we'll stop the fight. He gets a payday. I get a payday. Then we. I get what I want, which is." Top billing, main event on a card, early 2020 against Joseph Parker. I mean, period, end of story. That's what fucking. That's what this was. Like the charade with with Parker, uh, uh, you know, dropping out. I'm sorry, I'm not buying that for a second. That's nonsense.
0: Yeah, dude, it's absolute nonsense. Um, but you know, I mean, it's uh, that's how Eddie works, man. I mean, to, I guess to 90 percent, to all the Logan KSI fans out there, they were probably thought this was legit. It's all legit.
1: Oh, slick, slick Eddie will pull a fast one on you, boy.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you know, and the people that recognize what's going on, eh, we just get taken advantage of it. <laughs> um. All right. So, also in action, uh, Ricky Burns versus Lee Selby. I don't know. I thought that there would be that this would be more fun, like a more fun novelty act, and pretty much what I saw was Lee Selby being Lee Selby, kind of slick, but kind of sloppy at the same time. Um, I mean, I guess he looks okay at 135 pounds. Still has no power. Um, and Ricky Burns looked like uh looked like me with whiskey dick. I mean, that's pretty. That's pretty much what it is. It's like you get old, you drink too much whiskey, then your dick doesn't work, and then you're sitting there wanting that thing to 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 fire back. You know what I mean? You want that thing to throw some throw some blows. Um, but she don't work no more, and. <laughs> You know, that's pretty much what Ricky Burns was doing. Selby would throw out a one-two, dance around the ring, and Ricky Burns would be like, okay, I know what I want to do here.
1: Punch. Start talking to your dick. Like, come on, man. Work. Come on. Wake up. What the hell's going on here?
0: And that's kind of what Ricky Burns is now um, as a fighter. You know what I
1: mean? Talking to himself about throwing a punch, but he can't pull the trigger anymore.
0: I mean, he pulled the trigger. It just, I don't think... (laughs) I don't think it did what he wanted it to do. <laughs> you know what I
1: mean? I, I feel you, brother. I've been there.
0: <laughs> oh man! Like like one of them things. Like it still stands up, but you just can't feel it. You know. And then you just get. And then you're just like, ah, you know, what if I can't feel it? What's the point? <laughs> right.
1: I'm not going to play pretend here. This is either happening or it's not.
0: <laughs> oh man! So you know, I, I was hoping honestly. For, for this fight, I was just hoping that Lee Selby would look like a total mess in the ring, and this thing would just get ugly, and it would be like a Mike Alvarado versus Brandon Rios, but it just wasn't that at all.
1: Yeah, it's <laughs> my <some high> expectations.
0: <laughs> it's just, you know, it's like a, a grudge fuck. <laughs> drink, drink too much whiskey. Um, all right, so uh, that'll do it from uh, from London. Uh, Regis Prograde, Josh Taylor, Chisora versus Price, and... Ricky Burns versus Lee Selby. All right, let's get to Reno, Nevada. Um, later on in the evening last night on ESPN Plus, the IBF featherweight championship um, on the line between Shakur Stevenson and Joette Gonzalez and talk about a grudge match. Um, you know, coming into this fight, man, these two, you, you could just see it at the weigh-in. I mean, there's there everything was definitely true and palpable. I really bought into your sales pitch in the po- in the in the preview then yeah. i thought that joette gonzalez was going to win this thing there's people out there that are hitting me up saying that you owe them money because they put money on joette gonzalez uh, and that's
1: Sir kingslayer don't don't take everything what are you listening to i picked <laughs> i didn't pick gonzalez it's fake news <laughs> i said there was some value there which Clearly, there was not any value at plus three fifty. So, if you wanted to wager, maybe throw a little bit on it. But uh, you just—you might as well flush that fucking shit down the toilet, because that—I mean, talk about a whitewashing. I mean, just a absolute like the levels uh, uh, that separate those two fighters in that in the ring. I mean, good lord, it just looked like Joe Etgen's house. I maybe Stevenson is that good. Like, and, and I to me last night he showed me some special, special stuff that, you know, I knew he was good, but I I wasn't, I wasn't as high as I was on him as some other prospects. That performance kind of elevated him for me right up into the conversation with the best of the best uh, in the of the prospects in boxing right now. Um, His ability to fucking just, just completely uh, control distance and hardly get touched. I mean, if he, if Gonzalez landed, 30 clean punches in that fight i'd be surprised i mean it was just it was a for a young kid man that was some fucking masterful boxing dude
0: gonzalez landed 11 percent of his punches i mean i'm sitting here watching the fight after the after the first round i was like oh my gosh you've got to be kidding me like i'm sitting here thinking to myself and this is no disrespect to joe gonzalez it really isn't this is honestly what i was thinking i'm sitting there like what what exactly is his plan? Like, what's he doing? I mean, honestly, like, <clears throat> does he think that his grudge and his vendetta against Shakur Stevenson is going to manifest itself in some some game plan or something? It's like, did you even, did they stop being angry for one second to, like, think about how they were going to win this fight? Because to me, Joette Gonzalez looked... As unprepared as any fighter that I have watched in the last couple years. I mean, I'm talking about just no game plan, no discipline, didn't listen to a fucking thing that the corner had to say. Like, he sat there and flinched himself into exhaustion. It was so mind boggling to me to watch somebody go out there and literally, literally just. Completely lose. I don't even know if they were focused on anything. I can't even sit here and say that the guy lost focus, like he was mesmerized by Shakur Stevenson. I mean, Shakur Stevenson's game plan was executed perfectly, and I, I think, I, I do. I, I look, I think Shakur Stevenson showed me last night that this guy could, if he boxes the way that he did last night in that same style, um, he's not going to you know he's not going to knock a lot of guys out at the, at the at the higher level. I mean, there's not much to it. But man, is his footwork, his quickness, his ability to hit you on the on the way out like he's going to be very difficult to beat. But I just wonder for one second if Joette Gonzalez had any semblance of a game plan or a strategy if this fight may have looked somewhat different. I mean, I've never seen somebody flinch and and twitch and faint so much on their on on, not even on their way in. It was like this guy's been a been looking for a title shot for seven years. Has he ever fought a Southpaw before? <laughs> I mean, it looked like he was like, "Why are you standing like that?" You know what I mean? Like that's how utterly unnatural, uncomfortable, and just it it, it looked like he was genuinely confused about why this guy was standing the opposite way of him like that.
1: I think part of it was probably that they thought maybe because of all the shit talking and, and and everything that that was in the lead up to this fight was going to drag Shakira Stevenson into a dog fight with them, which is just, you know, you can't have that type of thinking going into a fight that, and you know, I, I I think Shakira Stevenson is just that freaking good, man. I really do. And, and, And honestly, watching that fight last night, I, the size discrepancy I mean like just i'm talking like full physique stevenson's legs were bigger arms were bigger chest the back thicker uh shoulders wider it looked like a complete size mismatch in the ring not to mention the skill level so you throw them both together and it just looked like he i don't know man i i, I honestly kind of felt bad for the kid towards the end i was like I don't, what's the point of watching this? This is kind of, I mean, it's borderline embarrassing. I mean, it just wasn't even close for a split second. There was never one, not one moment in the fight where you went, well, Joette, Joette found something that round. Maybe he can build on that. No, I mean, just nothing. I, I, I was absolutely shocked. I thought Stevenson would win. I did not think Stevenson would make Joette Gonzalez look like an amateur. I mean, he was... I don't know what, like some leaning in and just throwing these weird punches and really not even being close. I maybe the moment got to him. I I don't know. He seemed like a really confident fighter coming into it fight week. And that's what kind of gave me some confidence that maybe he'd make it interesting, but nah, nada. I mean, if you, if you bet on Joe Gonzalez, boy, you were, you threw your money away on Saturday night. Oh
0: yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. So look, man, um, you know, Stevenson has the IBF featherweight belt. Now, uh, it'll be interesting to see where he goes from here. He looked great. Um, I think that he is going to be really tough for anybody in that fighting style, man. I mean, it's just going to be so tough with, with, with his reflexes and quickness, he's got great footwork. Um, you know, even though some of his personal decisions have been questionable, as long as he keeps the likes of Terrence Crawford and Andre Ward, um, you know, and, 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 and uh, you know, around him as mentors, I think that this kid, um, you know, the sky's the limit for him. He's so young, man. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see where, where it goes for Stevenson. Have you heard anything about what direction they are going to take him now? I mean, it's not like they have to go rushing, you know, to the next big thing next. But I guess it looks like he's ready for it.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, he's calling out everybody. And, and you know, the immediate look is to, is to Warrington, um, which I think is a really good fight. And I think they should go over to London and, and, and make that fight because that fight would sell huge over there. Um, you know, it, it allows him to grow his brand on another fucking level. And I don't think there's anybody at 126 pounds right now that could beat him. Josh Warrington, I don't think can beat him. Josh Warrington is a tough, come forward, uh, you know, the most aggressive fighter in that division right now. But I, I don't think he can beat him. I don't know what uh, fucking Gary Russell's doing. I'm not even going to entertain that as a as an option. So, you know, it's to me, he proved uh, to me anyways, that he's the best fighter at 126 pounds with that performance. And not because clearly not because Joette Gonzalez was the type of opponent that was going to bring it out of him. He just looks so fucking good. I mean, I was, I was shocked and I've seen him look good in other fights, just not that fucking good, man.
0: Well, here's the thing. Okay. I'll, I'll disagree with you just on, on based off of that. This is I mean, Shakur Stevenson has went from, you know, the lowest level of competition that you can imagine to Joe at Gonzalez, who I don't know, looked like every other Shakur Stevenson opponent. So I'm, you know what I'm saying? I'm not really convinced yet that do I think if he's able to do what he did last night and, 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 you know, deploy that same exact game plan. Yeah. I think he's a better athlete than, than, than Warrington. Here's the thing with Warrington though. Warrington's not going to fight like that. Like, Warrington is as solid and strong as a, of a fighter than I've ever seen at one hundred and twenty six pounds now, is he as skilled as Stevenson or as or as athletic as Stevenson no, but I can guarantee you one thing Warrington is not going to fight like Joeett Gonzalez did last night, and no. Warrington will walk right through those punches right through them I mean he will he'll, he'll think that he's being tickled now. Will that make it any easier for Warrington to land his punches on Stevenson?
1: No <laughs> no, not at all. That's the best part of that kid is defensively he's he's a young wizard defensively man,
0: yeah, exactly. so that's that it, okay so d- do I think inevitably that Shakur Stevenson is better than Josh Warrington? Yes, but until he beats Warrington, I think Warrington's still the guy, but you know
1: I mean, just fucking make the fight. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's a yeah, it's a fair fucking statement. I'm going out on a limb, Ken. All right.
0: Well, hey man, you, hey, you did with <laughs> hey, you did with Joe Gonzalez by picking him. So now you may as well back the guy that beat
1: him. That's fucking crashing. <laughs> Just riding
0: the wave, man. <laughs> riding the wave. You'll. I, I can see you now while we're in Vegas. You'll be. You'll have a Canelo hat on with a Crusher T-shirt.
1: Goddamn right, I will. <laughs> uh. I'll have a bet uh, bet card that has a little bit of action on Kovalev and a little bit of action on Canelo. It's the only way
0: to do it, man. It's the
1: only way to do it.
0: Um, all right, let's get to the news and notes. So um, the WBC had their big uh, their big conference, the 57th anniversary of the WBC, something. I didn't know that 57 years um, was a, a number to celebrate. Um, they must have a thing for Heinz 57 catch-up. It um, makes, make, makes that number significant. But, uh, you know, the WBC, they're all about just making a belt for every occasion. And they have awarded their second franchise belt, as they have, as they say, as as Mauricio Suleiman says, they've elevated Vasily Lomachenko to the franchise champion of the WBC. Only the second time
1: ever, Vin. That makes it rare. <laughs> I can't. I mean... This is this situation. That you, I, I'll give credit to uh Ness from the boxing voice who actually brought it up to Suleiman a couple days ago and 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 put him on a spot. And Suleiman can't even fucking explain himself, he doesn't even get it, he doesn't understand it. It's like, dude, we all know what it is. It's just another reason for you to be able to get sanctioning fees from another belt. It's it's fucking nonsense. It's a greed move, period. Fucking period. There ain't nothing else like. To me, and you know, I I get it why these fighters accept the franchise designation because they get to do whatever they want and they can come back and gallivant like they're the fucking champ, but it's not even a real belt. Like when they fight as a franchise champion, they don't, that belt's not on the line. Now, maybe they strip them if they lose, who knows what the rules are. We don't know. We haven't been told Suleiman doesn't know what the rules are but it just, it's, it's retarded. And, and, you know, Devin Haney gets a belt out of it through a fucking email. He becomes a champion for the, that has got to be the most hollow fucking feeling in the world. Like you, you worked all your fucking life to to become a champion. You've come this far. You're 20, You're going to be the youngest champion ever. And it happens through a fucking email. I, I couldn't accept If I was him, I'd say absolutely fucking not. You're gonna you're gonna put me in the ring for this belt, and you're gonna and somebody's gonna read and the fucking new when the when the fight's over. Or I don't want it. And I'd say the same for Lomachenko. Like I understand why you why you kept it. And Bob Arum is probably the culprit. I'm sure Bob pushed for it, and he talked Lomachenko into it. And Lomachenko probably listens to Bob, which is probably a smart move sometimes for his career, but you know, why not just say, yeah, no, I'm not really, I mean, what's, what's that belt do for me? It doesn't do anything like now he can, he's going to fight the winner of Comey Lopez. And it was supposed to be for a full unification, but now technically it is not because that franchise belt is not, is not the WBC belt. It's some other fucking thing that nobody knows about. So, you know, can I delineate in my small p sized fucking brain that, yes, he will be pretty much the undisputed, fully unified champion at 130 pounds. Sure. I- I'm smart enough to know that when he beats the winner of Comey Lopez, that is what he is. But on paper, he is not. And you can't go in the history books and say it because he isn't. So it-, it just, I don't understand like what it does for the legacy of Lomachenko. It also adds to the fucking, you know, the group of people that already complain about him. Like he's, you know, he's not good enough for them. So now they're going to say, well, he, he took that. He accepted that because he's, he's, he ducking. He don't want to fight. He don't want to fight Haney. He wants to be able to do whatever, you know, it's like, look, man, he just came out and said, and I, you know, you can only put so much weight into what a fighter says, but he just named tank and Haney. And I can't remember who the other guy was that he wants to fight all those guys and he wants to fight them in 2020 or he wants to fight them soon. So, you know, I, it's it's I'm trying to not let it like affect the way I think of Lomachenko as a fighter, and, and I'm not going to. But it's just like, dude, you could have fucking turned that down and set a precedent. You know, you, if you set the precedent, then nobody else will fucking do it, and it'll be out of there. You know, C- Canelo can keep it, sure. You know, Suleiman's basically sucking his dick anyway, so who cares? But well, the whole the but,
0: but the whole point of this, see, this is why I don't hate on Lomachenko at all. It was, it was, this is what we're doing. We're, we're going to try to make you look good on the other end because we're going to strip you regardless. We want to be in the Devin Haney business. That's all there is to it. We want to be in the Devin Haney business. And instead of publicly embarrassing you, which they kind of did anyways, right? But this was in their mind a way to, it's the same thing with Canelo, like like So so then it, it it goes even further because people out there are like, so then, well, why isn't Deontay Wilder the franchise champion? When does he become the franchise champion? When does he get stripped? Soon enough. Right? It, as soon as there is something and someone viable enough to have that championship belt that can make them money so they can double dip in both Wilder and somebody else's pockets. That's when it happens. And that's the only time it happens. And until there's somebody out there, that they deem worthy financially or they deem worthy of the prospects of hanging their belt on somebody for the next five or six years, because that's exactly what's going to happen with Devin Haney, right? Then it's not going to happen. So there, there's no, there's no why. There's no reason. Like, okay, can you do that with the names of Canelo and Lomachenko and try to bring some kind of legitimacy? And lend some kind of, you know, like credibility to this thing that's called the franchise belt, I guess. Except people totally forgot the fact that Canelo was given the franchise belt. You know what I mean? It's like until this was brought up. And all this does is it's like, dude, Lomachenko literally just won the WBC belt. He's waiting for a fight that's going to happen in a month and a half. Like. And then once that fight happens at the beginning of the year, he can fully unify. You couldn't fucking wait until then. Like what's the
1: point of doing it now? Dude, it's the bottom line is, is you've said it. I've said it. It's greed. It's fucking greed. Sanctioning body greed. That's run rampant in this fucking sport. And nobody says anything about it. You know, it's it, cool. You have a fucking franchise builder. You have a regular or You have, this belt or that belt or a Mayan belt or a Hora show or whatever the fuck they call it belt. They're all ridiculous and they water everything down. All you're doing is watering the, the, the entire picture down the WBA and the WBC are complete fucking jokes. And I think the WBC with this franchise situation is starting to surpass them. And that's, that's a tough fucking thing to do, man. I mean, the WBA has been an absolute mess with the amount of belts that they had. And then they're going to get rid of them. You know, they're going to make an effort to get rid of them. No, they, no, you weren't. No, you weren't. Why would you make an effort to make less money? That's We're not stupid. All right. It's just, it's a fucking, it's an absolute fucking joke, man. You know, and, and fine. Keep doing it. I guarantee you mark my fucking words right now. When, when Deontay Wilder beats Luis Ortiz. In between that time and him fighting Tyson Fury, guess who will be named the third WBC franchise? If one of them fucking deserves it, it's at least him. At least he's been the WBC champ for fucking four years or whatever it's been. You know, these Canelo and and Loma, Canelo defended the belt once. Has Loma even defended it? No, he just won it.
0: But listen to what you just said. If anybody deserves it, (laughs) what does this even mean? Like, what's the value? That's what I'm
1: saying. Like, you know, (laughs) like if anybody deserves a franchise belt, at least give it to the fucking guy that's been a champion for long enough, Uh, who's been a franchise, right? Who, but it shouldn't exist. It shouldn't exist. It it can't be. It's not on the line in a fight. What kind of belt do you give somebody? And oh well, that's yep. Well, it's not on the line. That belt's not on the line. He could lose. And you know, he still remains the franchise champion. Like I, I, you know, it just I I fucking, it drives me nuts, man. It drives me nuts. I haven't been able to bitch like this in a long time. And it feels fucking good. Oh, it feels good.
0: Get it out. (laughs) Um, But but let me ask you this: This is kind of the same thing when the WBC was breaking their own rules by allowing Floyd Mayweather to be champion in two
1: divisions. But what did they call it back then? The WBC. You had the uh, the emeritus champ. So you had Mikey Garcia was the emeritus champion at 135, and Floyd Mayweather for you know like a year and a half, I don't maybe even two years after it was retired. When you went and looked at the rankings, he they still had him listed up there. Floyd Mayweather, 147 pound WBC emeritus champion i don't know even know what emeritus is that even a fucking word what is that E pluribus
0: unum (laughs) i think it's on like yeah i think it's like a latin word um that means
1: america (laughs) (laughs) that makes Makes total sense oh
0: man i love it um yeah dude you know look Here's the thing. It's just like with the WBA, like, you know, coming out and saying that they were going to consolidate belts. They just said it for the time being. You know, they're just like, quenching the flames for a second. And everybody with their, with their, their pea sized brains and attention spans nowadays quickly move on to something else. Everything captivates and grabs their attention long enough for them to just keep doing what they're doing. You know, all this stupidity and stuff will all yell and scream and bitch and, you know, whatever. And then there'll be another franchise champion named next year and then it'll just be a thing and then we'll just keep yelling about it and mauricio solomon will keep having his fucking you know his three week long conferences where they sit down there and wear fucking floral necklaces and you know and laugh and giggle and talk about all the money they've made and you know it's
1: just (laughs) it's at some point in life, you know, if if I ever wind up at a WBC convention for some reason, i just fucking end it. And why? <laughs> I mean, what is the point? They fucking ordered more fights. What do, they, what do they call it? I can't remember what their word for it is. But it's like, what is, this means nothing. You're telling these people they have to fight? You don't fucking get out of here with that shit, man. All smoking mirrors, baby. It is.
0: All smoke and mirrors. Um, you know what? But on that note, Vin, let's go pack our fucking bags for Las Vegas. What say you? I'm so fucking ready. Let's go. Yeah. Um. Let's end it on that note. That will do it for episode 245 of the Boxing Rant Podcast. We will be live next. Well, not, I keep saying I want to say next week. It's this week. We'll be in Vegas in two and a half days. Um. We'll be there Wednesday through Sunday. Um, we'll be on Radio Row Thursday and Friday. We'll be at the weigh-in. We'll be ringside for the fight. Uh, follow all of our social media outlets on, uh, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, we'll have interviews posted to YouTube, to boxingpod.com, our website, uh, Facebook and uh of course we'll be broadcasting the um the preview show episode 246 the canelo alvarez versus sergey kovalev fight preview show from radio row at the mgm grand in las vegas nevada the boxing rant hits the road then they'll just let anybody in that motherfucker won't they <laughs> well now the party can really start <laughs> um All right, so we'll see you all in Vegas. We appreciate you tuning in to Episode 245 of the Boxing Rant Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, Spreaker, and the Boxing Rant YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter, at Vince Cummings 81, and at Kenny Keith Jr. So until the MGM Grand and Canelo versus Kovalev, November 2nd on Zone. For Vince Cummings, I'm Kenny Keith. We appreciate all of you tuning in to the Boxing Rant Podcast. Muchas gracias, everybody.